Welcome to Cognizant Podcasts, tailor-made for easy listening. We bring you digital trends for busy executives on the go. Welcome back to Next in Retail, a deep dive into generative AI on the Cognizant SoundCloud channel. Dive into part two of our insightful chat with David and Emily. If you missed part one, we recommend heading back to our channel to catch up. Now, without further ado, let's continue our journey. So up to this point, we've kind of covered off a lot around the retail sector, specifically kind of what feels like product, fashion, that kind of stuff. But I'm really interested to hear your opinions on where you see generative AI disrupting or kind of enhancing or kind of augmenting the service sector, the service industry, and what the opportunities might be there for people who are listening from restaurants or from travel and tourism and and those kind of industries. Yep. So we do a lot of work in that space. And the first thing that we're going to see happen is that generative AI is going to disrupt the idea of whether it's call centers or, you know, how we provide any level of customer support. Um, Where we see this going first and foremost is going to be to the kind of the AI co-pilot model. Um, So whether it's, you know, helping a a retailer on the floor who, you know, is assisting a customer and being able to provide recommendations in the moment that are really tailored to that customer, you know, or whether we even get into like the travel and hospitality space and being able to assist travel agents or, you know, assist like a hotel brand to make personalized or one-on-one recommendations. So I think we're going to see it continue to play out. Um, There's definitely, you know, a use case in the future where we do see us moving away from the co-pilot model and into a more fully generative AI-led model. And I think that's something that we're going to have to see how brands want to dip their toe into that. Um, it's a little bit scary, I think, for the brand because you're putting your, your brand in the hands of something that you may not feel fully comfortable with. Um, but I think it's, it's going to get tested because it is so efficient and it is so cost-effective. And, and when we do that, I think we're going to have to really take a hard look at how we deploy our humans in the best way possible to still provide excellent, excellent customer service, because there is an irreplaceable value of human connection that I think can't get lost. And what that balance is, is something that's right now, I think is untested, unproven. I totally agree. I, I think that is absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's that, it's that kind of synergy between the human and the AI that needs to be maintained at a certain proportion, right? And I think actually, you know, if we start to go too non-human, we'll end up with holidays, we'll end up with, you know, experiences that are, that feel a bit wooden. I mean, you've only got to look at, been using this generative AI stuff, you know, ChatGPT was released, what, November 30th last year, you know, we were on the early access to it, we've, we've been kind of using it, playing with it, testing it, you know, day one, you're like, wow, it's amazing, and then you actually read the blog, it's written you, and it's just like, God, this is awful. Uh, this is so wooden, and I, you know, I think I think we can we can move away and make them more creative. I've certainly seen some really good examples of how people have implemented a lot of um, what we call alignment, which is the ability to kind of steer and guide the the generative AI to or any AI really, but to specific use cases and, and make it more creative or more deterministic or whatever you want in between. But I've really, really, really liked to see a situation where we can really kind of nail that human ai interaction as you say the value add of the human is still there the the kind of efficiency from an ai can be kind of maximized so yeah because we were talking i was talking with a client the other day and they were first and foremost i'm going to pretense this with humans are fundamentally bad at being able to see over the next horizon you know we did it when when you know tractors came along we were like oh all the horses and the people are going to be out of jobs then we realized we need mechanics and and everyone else you know we've done it time and time and time again i think this is another classic 
you know, horizon that we can't see over at the moment. And I was talking to someone and they were like, but, you know, Jenny and I is going to come along and it's going to basically put all these people out of work. And I said, why is it going to put them out of work? Well, you know, one person can do the job of 10. Well, then why don't you just make every single person 10 times more productive and do more? Rather than saying, let's do exactly the same amount with one person, why don't you do 10 times the amount of business? And what I would love to see is a service sector become 10 times more attentive, 10 times more valuable because they've got AI taking care of such a huge proportion of the kind of dull, monotonous work they were doing previously and essentially taking that, optimizing that with, with that process, but then really doubling down on that human element and making that human element you know, so much more than it was previously. So. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, whenever I talk to clients a lot, I remember I come less from the technology side, more from the design side and the experience side. I like to talk about AI and in terms of we're, we're leveraging superpowers, not creating superheroes. You know, we're not replacing the human. It's not a superhero. It's a superpower. And so if you look, you think about maybe what your company needs and, you know, AI can be, it could be a navigator, you know, that helps your employees, or your customer service kind of navigate through all your systems and all the things they need to do in order to provide great customer service. It could be an impact and it could prompt how to, you know, use that superpower. How do you help someone in, in customer service um, be able to be more empathetic to what's happening with this customer? Mm -hmm. What's the sentiment in their voice right now? How do we respond to that? It could be a coordinator. So if you try to break down the generative AI and actually think about the skill set that it can bring to your organization and how that can be kind of leveraged as superpowers, I think that's a great way to start to match what generative AI can do with the use cases and the opportunities you know, at your business as a retailer. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Another great little uh, anecdote from, from our kind of like experience in the more technical field is uh, we were working with, with a particular type of um, client. It was a, an insurance, not in retail, but the, the kind of customer service they were providing mm -hmm. is, is kind of very similar. They wanted to be very empathetic. They wanted to provide you know, a high degree of, of kind of what they called their voice of the customer. So essentially they mm -hmm. trained their call center staff to be very, you know, to talk and interact with their clients in a very specific way. As you can imagine, ChatGPT and, and the other kind of um, large language models, they, they talk in the way that they've learned from the internet, which isn't the way that this, this client wanted. So we were actually able to, we took, I think it was over 10,000 hours of recorded conversations that they'd had across um, the last six months in this call center. We were able to transcribe that and actually use that to train and create essentially an AI that spoke, that was trained like their call center staff and was able to really kind of mimic the the kind of the different intonations and the, the way of speaking and, and all these different kind of really nuanced parts to create this really high fidelity experience. And I think, you know, if we move further towards that, we're going to be in a really, really good place. I absolutely agree. And the great thing about that is, you know, those 10,000 hours of, of data really were already ready and available. And they can be used not only to create a great experience and let, let an AI model speak directly to a customer, they can also be used for training. So that way your your new customer service employee can be enabled very quickly to sound like your best customer service employee. And I think so there's so many, so many opportunities for that. But that brings us to probably the number one thing that I think a lot of retailers and really any industry needs to do, which is shore up your data. Because your models are only as good as what you can what you can eat it, what you can train it on. And so Absolutely. you gotta shore up the data. And if you don't have the customer 360 and you don't have all the 
the best in class of what you can do with your data, you're going to be behind no matter how great the technology is that you're leveraging. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I'm going I'm to double down on that to say you also need to be using data that you might have previously not necessarily been able to process. You know, we, we've had a load of people come back to us where they had very quantifiable data. So, you know, uh, client surveys that were yes, no, yes, no, you know, zero to five, zero to five, zero to five. And then this description at the end, and the description at the end was all but useless to them because they couldn't read them at scale. And mm -hmm. other than like basically get some really low level sentiment analysis, they couldn't really get much else. Now they can get huge volumes of data from those little tell us about your stay, you know, and actually that, that kind of free text field is now becoming the most valuable part because you can not just take it and, and pull information out of it. You can compare it to other people in the same segmentation. You can compare it to other people who stayed in your hotel or who dined in your restaurant who, or who shopped in your store in that same day and say, what are the differences between da, 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 read these last thousand reviews and give me you know, a little summary as to why you think that was the case? It's just the, the opportunities really are endless, really are endless. So, so look, we have, we've, we've, we've talked a lot and I think we've, we've covered a lot of really interesting points, but I wanted to finish um, and, and round up our discussion with, I mentioned the point that, you know, humans are terrible at being able to see over that next horizon, right? And then we really are. Um, we, I think there's a lot of naysayers, a lot of people very fearful of what the future might hold around technology, around generative AI at the moment, from displacement to safety to the kind of, you know, use cases or job displacement layers. But could you share your thoughts on what, you know, where you see or what you think are the top two or three kind of things that retailers should be investigating or implementing if you feel there's anything kind of really concrete enough, you know, in the kind of next six, 12, 18 months, maybe, or sooner, if you think, if you think I'm, I'm way too far out. No, I don't think you're way too far out. I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of things that they should be, a lot of business should be implementing around marketing and, you know, back of house systems and efficiencies and whatnot. But I'm going to take this question and go on the consumer side. Um, because I think at the end of the day, a lot, a lot of what I, what I do and where I really focus is how do you build that long-term relationship with a consumer? And so for me, where to invest is, is simple. It's on the conversational commerce side. Um, I think we're actually on the, you know, kind of on the verge and the tipping into what I'd call like the whole entirely conversational economy. And that really that's enabled by generative AI. And it's, it, it's not just generative AI, right? It's also the other technologies involved in this. It's the compute power, the things behind it that make it work. There's also things coming with, you know, I get into extended reality and other types of technologies, but altogether, this is going to really redimensionalize the way that humans can experience and interact with a brand. And so I think the ability to start thinking about how do I make my brand a conversation? How do I start to think about how I would reimagine my entire, you know, website and mobile, my channel experiences through the lens of, of conversation and how I am someone's best friend and their advocate and their support network versus how do I filter 10,000 products and serve back what they want. I think that's going to be really the place to start investigating as, as a retailer, um, because you do have that opportunity. You have the opportunity to be present um, anytime that your customer needs you. You have the opportunity to be everywhere, persistent on every channel and be highly personalized. So use conversation to turn that into a real relationship. So I am going to steal that. I'm, I might just not be moving in the right circle, <laughs> but I absolutely love that as a, as a final thought. How do I turn my brand into a conversation? I think that is absolutely superb. And with that, Emily, thank you ever so much for your time. 
been a real pleasure. I've learned a lot for sure. I'm going to be uh, cribbing a lot of lot of points you made during this in, in some of my presentations going forward and blowing my data science colleagues away with some uh, interesting things slightly outside of our our normal uh, sort of sphere of uh, sphere of conversation. So thank you very much, and uh, yeah, look forward to speak to you again. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me, David. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Cognizant Podcast, digital trends for busy executives on the go.